Hello and welcome to episode number six of Brood with Hustle. Today's guest, Chris Province. Welcome to Brood with Hustle, hosted by Jake Keys. Jake is a former tribal gaming executive, Native Business Magazine Top 50 entrepreneur, and owner of Oklahoma City's first Native American craft brewery, Skydance Brewing Company. He believes if success were a beer, it would be brewed with hustle. Each week, Jake interviews inspiring leaders and entrepreneurs as they share their stories, tips, tricks, and habits that will inspire you to take action on your dreams. So sit back, grab a beer, and let's brew. guys thanks for checking back in with us again on another episode of brood with hustle today we have a friend of mine chris province here to share his story and talk about all of the things that he's involved in which is actually quite a bit and talk a little bit about entrepreneurship leadership the things he's doing to help make other people better leaders we're going to get into all of that and more but first i want to check in with my buddy casey back there producing the show how's it going man hey what's up how are we doing today man so what have you been doing I haven't actually seen you in a few days. Man, lots and lots of editing. <laughs> lots of lots editing. Lots of editing. That's, 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 uh, I think that's what I do nowadays. I'm just an editor. And avoiding the heat? Yes, of course. You had any good beer lately? Man, um, well, I tried out the new Res Dog that just came out. Yep. And then uh, today, you brought in White Cloud. Yep, yep. So I haven't even tried this one yet. Yep, yep. So uh, I'm fixing to partake during the show here, and we'll see how it goes. There we go. So I'm actually going to let Chris do the honors of pouring our new beer, Res Dog. He's got one open, ready to pour it in a glass. I was just kind of waiting around for somebody to start drinking one of these. <laughs> I didn't want to uh, first. I'm never bashful, so if you gave me the green light, <laughs> there you go. We're going, we're going with the Res Dog. And oddly enough, no one that I was coming on the show, maybe this speaks something to the brand. The first thing I thought about this morning when I popped out of bed was like res dog yeah <laughs> i was like i hope i get me one of those yeah yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. do we drink on this podcast surely we drink it's called brood with hustle there you go that's it dog. yeah so here yeah. we go my friend i'm actually gonna do go with my old favorite fancy dance i hate to always drink fancy dance um but this is a fresh batch so we just we just put it on uh just packaged it today so nice i'm gonna cheers man i'm just gonna Thanks. keep beer there yeah here we go baby so uh Res Dog is a Blondel. We call it an American Blondel, but it's made with <clears throat> a lot of uh, German Pilsner ingredients. Pilsner malt, Holotower hops, and it's just a crisp, refreshing, easy-drinking beer. We had – oh, Casey's popping into one over there. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, played a golf tournament yesterday up there yeah. in uh, Ponca City, and those res dogs went down quick and easy. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, this is like the perfect summertime yeah. beer, man. It, it is absolutely delicious. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. So we're going to get into talking to Chris here. As you can hear his voice over there, Chris. Uh, we I met Chris when I was in the gaming industry. And Chris was starting a company uh, called uh, Player Performance Group. And we did some work with them when I worked over at Thunderbird Casino. Um, Chris calls himself a performance improvement specialist that ignites the power of purpose to connect communities that sustain movements. I also like having Chris on here because he's Cherokee. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we love to focus on native-owned companies. 
he's involved in several different companies, whether he's invested in them, um, he, another kind of a branch of PPG, correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'll tell you what, let's just let Chris uh, get us started on there. Let's, what are you focusing on right now? Right now, you know, for me, every day is about my personal purpose. You know, all I'm in this for is to connect with leaders in a meaningful way to help them identify and achieve their vision of success. Yeah. And that's really what every business venture that I'm involved with, that I lead, it's all around that. Yeah. Um, so it, to me, business is a means to get to that end of achieving my purpose. Okay. So, man, thank you for letting me be here and, yeah, and yeah. maybe advance that a little bit yeah, today. Yeah, I'm glad to have you, especially because I haven't seen you in, in quite a while. Yeah, this so. is like a real catch-up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's wild. You know, I spent a lot of years in corporate, and I would say I dabbled in entrepreneurship. The, my first job, I was 14 years old. I, I was an umpire, so maybe that's an uh, independent contractor, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, got that cash every day, yeah. you know, and, and man, 30 bucks at 14 years old, that's loaded, yeah. Yeah. especially getting that pop five or six times a week. So, yeah. um, you know, that was kind of my first, like, earning my own money. Yeah. And, yeah, and then I just kind of did what I felt like I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I went to college, did the corporate thing. Then worked in, you know, I was in gaming hospitality. Um, I think we should talk about the college part because you're, yeah. you're kind of playing both sides there, right? Right. OU and OSU. My undergraduate is from uh, OSU. Yeah. My graduate work was done at University of Oklahoma. Um, I bleed orange. There you go. <laughs> Hopefully I don't get shot for that. I know <laughs> over on this part of the state, you know, I walk a little softer than, than yeah. where I'm from. Um but the uh, yeah, I, I still bleed orange. Uh, but the the education, I, I think, Stillwater contributed to my social education, like giving me the chops to do what yeah. I do today is really yeah. for my graduate work at, at University okay. of Oklahoma. And then after college, uh, man, I got into well, I went to law school and oh, yeah. for like sixty days, yeah. okay. right? And <laughs> and I remember when I left, I was like, you know what? I'll pay them whatever they need. This isn't worth it for me to do it. So yeah. I, but I had to cut a deal with myself. Like the day I left law school, I was like, man, I cannot say what if I cannot say what could have been. I just yeah. have to be done. Yeah. And I think for just that long-term health and sustainability. So graduated uh, with a poli sci degree, went to law school like you're supposed to with a poli sci degree lasted like two months. Um, I was like, you know, I just, I saw this mess of like people being a hundred thousand dollars in debt and, you know, getting out and making $32,000 a year. And and just the ROI wasn't jiving for me. And, um, they say the law is a jealous lady and and that's for certain. It eats up a lot of time. And so I just left, never looked back. Uh, had a friend that was a recruiter in, in technology. He worked at, at WorldCom and, uh, had a job there as a, had one open up as an analyst so really the, my first job was like writing sql queries mm-hmm. and analyzing data and clearing revenue um constraint and you know it, it's just like it really set the tone mm-hmm. having that time as a data an- analyst and understanding how product availability and revenue yep. work hand in hand yep. And then the decisions that can be made and how capital is deployed in order to free those constraints and allow mm-hmm. throughput. So 
just looking at that analyst role differently, kind of accepting that I was in it for a career. I wasn't there to just produce reports. I was there to solve problems. Um, from there, I moved into product management, like building product for the market. So I'd get to look at a market and say, here's what, here are the gaps. Here's what I think the market can buy. Uh, so I did product development in the telecom space for, mm. for a number of years. Did a unique project with uh, Hilti and Home Depot to outfit, I think it was 286 uh, Home Depot stores with Hilti yeah. Pro Shops and uh. how we provision those and the logistics yeah. behind getting product from from here in Oklahoma to yep. those to those almost 300 locations yeah. um, and then eventually moved into the gaming space mm-hmm. and boy that's uh, I would say that's where I had a lot of breakthrough because it yep. was a lot of people things people mm-hmm. practices really drive success yeah. in the gaming and hospitality space and I had all those technical chops from being an analyst or building the product and you know managing P&Ls but it wasn't until I could really master the people practices, yep. my, my own growth and development, and how knowing myself affected my ability to help others. That's when the floodgates sort of opened for me. Mm-hmm. But I was never going to get there just being technically proficient. Yeah. yeah. Um, so as it, as it all plays out, you know, as, a, as an executive in the, in the gaming space, you, there's all these people that come up and say, oh, I want to help you. Here's yeah. this service. Here's this product. I'm going to help. This is going to make your life better. Like... 90% of the time it's bull crap. Yeah. Like they're a sales organization whose job it is to move product mm-hmm. through their pipeline to yep. me. And you know, it wasn't a situation any different than this, you know, yeah. Michael and I were were sitting out on the back porch one night and the the conversation turned to like what if there was really a company that gave a shit about the people's performance yep. they were selling to? Mhm. And, and that was really how Player Performance Group was, was born. It was not an agency in the traditional sense because we solve problems that agencies can't. It's, it was the idea that if we truly gave a shit about the people we were working with and connected with them in a meaningful way and led with our hearts, that we could do better business. Yep. And it's just a different model. Mm-hmm. And I, I can just say if it resonates with you, it's yep. awesome. Yep. If, relationship if it, yeah. first yeah sure and like what if we just care more like yep. how much value is there if we just care more than the other people in the mm-hmm. space and are truthful mm-hmm. um and and we man I, I think about all those folks you met mm-hmm. when you were in the space that were nothing more than a sales yeah. organization yeah. like after they made the sale you didn't see that person again yep. you were handed off to some junior person mm-hmm. or a engineer that should never been let out of the office and and you're trying to get things done and Mm -hmm. so it was that handoff that it seemed to me like that was the problem Mm -hmm. with most of the models Mm -hmm. so what we committed to was a model where everyone in our firm would be senior Mm -hmm. and there would never be a handoff to a junior and obviously um it has economic impact, right? We, we have to work efficiently and we have to have a yep. high trust environment. Uh, but effectively that's where we jumped off, um, and found, a, and what was that? 2000, we were, that conversation was had July 22nd of 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day we founded player performance group oh, the next day, the huh? next day. Yeah. So talk about like bias to action yeah. or defaulting to yeah. action. 
um, you know, the expense of not having a bias to action is missed opportunity. Yeah. So after that conversation, you know, I kind of felt the spirit of that. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, man, like that's the future, like caring yeah. more about the people you work with yep. and, and what their outcomes are. Um, like not just doing the work, but making certain it gets the right outcome mm-hmm. for the people that we're delivering it to. Um, I believed in that. It was yep. easy to get behind. And so that's where we jumped off. Um, again, that was 2013. We worked with over 80 different gaming and hospitality mm-hmm. properties. In 2016, we stood up an education services arm mm-hmm. um, that just worked in the gaming and hospitality space. We've since spun that off and make it, made it industry agnostic. Yeah. Um, so, because what organizational health and organizational design applies the same regardless of industry. Um, you know, leadership is leadership communications frameworks you know these mindset development purpose discovery these are people things they're not industry things Mm -hmm. so we took what was education services under our legacy brand and we stood that up as purpose and performance group and uh, it just it's amazing yeah, you yeah. know because then we get to be really forward in the gaming and hospitality space you know you, you lead with things like purpose and mindset and yep. people kind of look at you like you got a horn growing yeah. out of your head right <laughs> uh, but when you're talking about organizational health and leadership mm-hmm. and doing the right things to get the right outcome and you can lead with that stuff yeah. in the education space and and so that's it's really gone well we're still you know, we operate that legacy technical system work mm-hmm. out of player performance group. And we have the, the uh, more recent brand with purpose and performance group, which is, uh, you know, we, we do the blogs and the, the podcast yeah. and, and the things like that, that to help get these messages out um, because they're not industry specific. Yeah. Yep. You mentioned something earlier when you were talking about how, how you kind of figured out how you could help people. And you were talking about really self-awareness, like becoming more aware of yourself and how that allowed you to help people. And it reminds me of, like you said, when you come in, when you lead with all this mindset stuff and you probably catch a lot of kind of weird looks, you know, because we didn't ask you in here for that. We asked you for right. you know, to pitch us on this other stuff. <laughs> and we need right? help with our marketing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So how do you take um, what you learned about how to become more self-aware and then put that back on somebody like a general manager of a casino or whoever you're pitching to, because that's really what they needed. It was self-awareness to realize, you know what? I do need this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see like a CEO or whoever you're pitching to kind of, you know, maybe, ha- maybe even being offended by the idea of, Oh, you're going to come in here and change my mindset and, yeah. and try to get me to, you think I'm not a good enough leader or whatever. Right? right. I could see that attitude or mindset kind of being like that. Is that something you kind of, Kind yeah, of felt. I mean, it's a bit of a challenge. Um, what we believe, though, and what we try to separate is we always try to separate the person from the behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, here's something we observe. It, like, it is more objective. Yep. So I noticed we both went through obstacle is the way not too long ago, mm-hmm. right? So, like, that stoic approach yep. of objectively, here's mm-hmm. the observation. Yep. Um, is there a world where if it was done a different way, we could have a better outcome? Yep. So I'm not speaking to any person. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to the observation, yeah. using the observing eye, not something that's subjective or me passing judgment. Yeah. Uh, because it's only about being relentless about better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what are the 
what are the things that we're observing in this space or within the system that can be better? Mm-hmm. Understanding that every enterprise operates, we call it above the line and below the line, but there's two systems at play. You have the technical system, which is how you transact, the product you're making, your, your processes to deliver. The, how are you getting the product or service your enterprise is built around ultimately to market? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of technical aspects of that. But then there, the system, too, is the people system. Mm-hmm. What are the people practices? Why does your business exist? You know, what is the, how we go about our business is all found in that people system. Um, so we look at the behaviors of the enterprise being in the technicals yeah. and the mindset of the enterprise being in the people. Yeah. And most con- most consultants or most firms or most agencies are going to work on one side of that equation. Yeah. And when we talk about outcomes, what we're trying to do is get both sides of the equation. And something that I will share is 80% of your financial returns, your immediate short-term financial returns are found on the technical side. Mm-hmm. So if we come in and reconstruct your marketing database, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get 80% of your possible revenue outcomes from that one technical intervention. Yeah. But it does not make your business any more sustainable. Mm-hmm. In order to make the business sustainable, we have to do the hard work, which is the people work, like developing and emerging mindsets, discovering the real reason why a business exists, getting to those commitments that create a culture, Mm -hmm. building, you know, uh, corrective action platforms that are tied to the commitments and call back to the power of their purpose and Mm -hmm really restructuring the system to put the purpose of that enterprise at the heart of it and really elevate the people practices to the level of the technical practices. Because when you think about like, why do enterprises struggle? The ones that are struggling, it is usually not technical. Mm -hmm. People know how to do the thing. They know how to make the thing. The thing works perfectly when it's to market. It's the people behind the technical system that create all the challenges. Mm -hmm. So I always have choice words for people that say, well, the people stuff is the squishy stuff or the Mm -hmm. people stuff is soft. All right, let's do it then. Like, we'll we'll see how soft it is. Because I can tell you the people work is the hard work. Why leaders are are challenged to tackle it is one, I think there's an element of shame. Mm -hmm. They, They feel like I'm underperforming in this way you know, I'm just going to, well, they're not separating the personal versus right. like you were saying earlier. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you, we have to be able to remove ourselves from it and just embrace, you know, everyone in, in every organization needs to be seen, heard and understood. Yep. And until we have the systems in place to accomplish that, and it can all be codified, it's not soft, it's not squishy, it's very hard yeah. and takes a lot of commitment. Yeah. It feels like, after learning how to walk, then learning how to be self-aware is kind of like one of the most important things. Absolutely. Um, you know, awareness, I'll just share a little bit about our, our service platform. What we shoot for is what we call an igniter mindset. 
So we're really trying to ignite the power of purpose mm -hmm. uh, in people and systems to get to transformational performance. We're yep. not looking for incremental, right? Yeah. We want to move performance for this organization and sustain that movement. Um, so we've taken this idea of, if you're familiar with um, Carol Dweck and her growth, her growth mindset work, mm -hmm. and then Harbinger Institute and their, mind, their uh, outward mindset work, what we really try to do is take the idea of growth mindset and marry it to outward mindset. So I want to be all about my individual growth, knowledge capture, you know, behavior modification. Like, yeah. how do I get really good at what I do? How do I hold my career in regard? And then I want to apply everything I've used to grow myself outwardly okay. for the benefit of community. And, and then that becomes my identity. So kind of like self-development, but then how do you put it into action? Right. Yep. And, and because if I if I do all the work to improve myself, but then yeah. I hold it, that makes me an arrogant asshole yeah. or like a professor, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, like I will tell you if you ask me or if you show up to my class, yeah. other than that, you're on your own. Like this aggressive outward approach to everything that you learn mm -hmm. and gather through life. Like when we when we focus that effort and direct those energies to everyone in all of our communities, mm -hmm. we just man we we get this powerful identity yeah because when we think about we structure things you know how do i move my family forward how do i move my communities forward how do i move my company forward yeah and those three things are the things that contribute most yep. to our identity yep so do you since we haven't seen each other in a while do you still on this other part of what you're doing now is this still you work with a lot of the tribes and casinos or, or is this really any any kind of uh industry that you go after it's every industry we yeah. have, we've been in telecommunications i was up here today working with the manufacturing group uh -huh. um we train other consultants yeah. i mean that's some of some of the most enjoyable work um uh, yeah that we do is is sharing our stories with people that are looking to do what we yeah. do yeah um so that's powerful um and, and yeah absolutely there's there's tribes that we yep. work with as well and um you know, what we, what I think is really powerful for tribes is they all do so many great things. Mm -hmm. And I want to speak to the power of communications frameworks for yeah. a moment. I think as tribes, we do an excellent job of doing really cool stuff. Yep. Uh, but if you asked people, you know, what does Cherokee do is what, what does Chickasaw do? They're going to speak to the tourism commercials. Yeah. They our communication platforms for the good work that we do day to day it doesn't show up as clearly. Mm -hmm. And I think tribes are no different than a lot of organizations in this single regard. We have really good strategies and we have average communication yep. frameworks. Yep. So if we start looking at like not do PR to do PR, don't do advertisement for the sake of advertisement, but let's start communicating the impacts of what we're doing yep. and how how the service is being provided to that community is impacting lives mm -hmm. and changing outcomes for people. Yeah. Communication. So I know like within my tribe, um, there's a lot of hesitancy to treat the tribe as a business, as like a corporation, right? It's, mm -hmm. um, they, it, it's, they feel like it's just not the, not in tune with the old ways, you know? 
So is that something – I mean, do you guys – how do you guys change that mindset of how they approach what they do day-to-day and take it more towards like a business like you're trying to – like uh, any other business that you pitch your services to? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have to ask the question, like, are you pleased with the level of performance you're getting mm-hmm. today? Yeah. And if you're pleased with where you're at, like, we, we're we cool, man. Yeah. Like, let's have a beer and let's chat yeah. it up and I'll ask you how your family's doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if your performance isn't where you want it to be today, yeah. um, then we need to, we need to pull mm-hmm. some thread, yeah. you know, and talk about, well, tell me about, tell me about your communications framework. Tell me about your feedback mm-hmm. systems. How do you know that what you're doing for the community is actually getting the outcomes or the impact that you want it to have? You know, how, how are you communicating internally? What are your meeting cadences? What are your, what artifacts are you using to communicate your mission? Um, how do we, how are we checking in with other team members? Mm -hmm. What is the state of the nation look like? Um, do you go, do you go as far back backwards as like, Hey, let's talk about identifying purpose. That's where it all starts. Yeah. So that's, I, at the end of the day, a performance isn't where they want it to be. Mm -hmm the person holding the vision, we have to say, why does this organization exist? Mm -hmm. And then we have to get clarity about how that's interpreted across their leadership team. Because it's fine if there's the leader intent has to be clear first, but we have to clarify that organizational purpose in a way that all senior leaders can understand and that mm. there can be this decentralized decision making around like achieving it yeah. or advancing that purpose but and that and, can be challenging with the tribe because the, that leadership changes all the time right or some of them do and i i wish if there was one thing i could wish for man it'd be like more consistency yeah. um you know it seems like every time a system which i guess is why i'll never be unemployed mm-hmm. every time a system gets yeah. you know close to being optimized or yep. kind of on top of the water yeah. you know that regime change creates that cycle so mm-hmm. you could have a top performing regime and i always say in the native world it's like the what's in it for me versus what's in it for us yep. like those are the only two camps that exist yeah so we swing back and forth between the me's and the us and it creates this constant churn of performance mm-hmm. where, you know, it raises, then it lowers. We yep. got you got to pick it up, do all the lifting. Mm-hmm. By the time you get all the lifting done, it cycles out again. So, you know, if I had one wish, it would be for nations to have yeah. a little more consistent performance. Yeah. yeah. So, have you have you always pretty much kind of had this? entrepreneurship mentality like you wanted to do what you're doing now or did something just kind of happen that pushed you into it that's a great question because i dabbled like we uh i'm gonna guess it was mid 2000s i dabbled in real estate just doing doing homes and even like coming from a channel channel marketing background um when i looked at being in real estate it's like man i don't want to I don't want to play where everybody else is playing. Mm-hmm. So our strategy was to buy up market and then sell up market yeah. where there was a lot less traffic and there was a lot yeah. less competition. So, you know, there were, you know, everybody and their uncle were buying $80,000 homes and flipping them for 120. Mm-hmm. You know, we were more working in that buying $150,000 homes or $170,000 homes and selling them for 260, 280. Yeah. So we were playing a different sport yep. and, and just finding, finding some space to operate. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that, you know, I'm, 
you know, lucky, lucky to be wired with a little bit of vision that mm-hmm. way is stay out of where everybody else is at. Yeah. 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 So do you feel like that you said you're kind of lucky to be wired with the vision? I mean, is that we had a conversation with a previous guest about is entrepreneurship for everybody? Like, can anybody be an entrepreneur, you know, or is it just kind of you're born with it a little bit, you know? So what I hear from you is it sounds like a big chunk of what you think has worked for you is the fact that you were kind of born with some ability to have that vision. Yeah. You know, I'm going to, one of my first partners, his name was Jason Ritter. And when we got involved in the real estate stuff, he thrust me into it. Yeah. You know, so I had to be thrusted to get the courage yeah. to like put capital on the table because yeah. all I knew was that corporate, very fixed mindset. Yep. Here's my check. Here's how much I can afford to spend on a house. This is yep. how much I can afford to spend on a car. Yep. Like that was my world. Yeah. And Jason came in one day. He's like, found a great one. Like it's bought. And like, that was it. <laughs> like I didn't have a choice. It was just it it, was happening. The, the contract was in front of me and I just had to sign it. I didn't want to like, you know, yep. go cry in a corner. So yeah. I pulled out a pen and I signed the contract and, mm-hmm. and there. So it took a, a definitely more than a little nudge for that first kind of oomph. Yep. But it's like, once you do it one time yep. now today, mm-hmm. it's, um, man, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's a habit. Yep. How about that? And, yeah. um, you know, I was, I was reading something and I think it was Richard Branson said, you know, business opportunities are like, are like buses. One comes around every 10 minutes or so. Yep. Uh, it's so true. And you know, I've had some, I, I try to stay out of situations that would ever like harm me financially. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I know where those thresholds are. But we've had some really nice failures. Yeah. You know, we've closed a retail store that burned a quarter million dollars. We spent a hundred thousand dollars on a couple apps that were mothballed. And but man, that's the real MBA. Yeah. You know, we. I don't learn anything from success. Mm-hmm. I learn things when I'm challenged, yeah. and I guarantee you, when I drop two hundred fifty thousand dollars on something, I'm going to learn a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes it not wasted. Yeah. Oh, you could have paid off your house. You could have bought five cars. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Like I got an education. I'm better today than I was six months ago for having that yep. experience. And I think not being dejected or saying, well, entrepreneurship's not for me just because you have one challenge. Yeah. Like look at it as the best education you can ever get. Yeah. And you know, what did I learn from the quarter million dollar loss to stay out of personal guarantees on commercial leases? Yeah. <laughs> right. So if you're going to have a commercial lease, like find a spot that doesn't require a personal guarantee. So I think like if you have like multiple businesses, right. Or like you've had a couple successes, you've kind of got your business over here that really that's working for you and it's mm-hmm. keeping you going. And then you dive into something, the apps or whatever, and it fails. Well, you still got this going. Right. Yeah. But what do you say to the guy that says he's afraid to do it that first time? Like he's afraid to get to start his business or let, you know, go after this dream company that he wants to start that first time because he's afraid of that failure. He's afraid of losing everything or afraid that it's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he can't do it or it's not going to work. I would say that you never have, you can grow as big as you want to be and never have to put yourself in a position of losing everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jake, when we met, you were already brewing beer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, you, you weren't doing it commercially, yeah. but it was an active passion for yep. you. Um, for me, 
I started like working out of market. Um, it was a nothing burger when I left. You know, I think my first month revenues when I was no longer in corporate were something to the tune of sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah. But you know what? It only cost me a thousand bucks a month to live. Yeah. So what I think the idea is when you're thinking about it is to manage your life and position your life into a way where you don't have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, at a thousand dollars a month to operate my life. Mm-hmm. I could do anything and make a thousand bucks a month, yeah. but it took me two years to set it up yeah, yeah, and just paying off debt and unwinding mm-hmm. things and getting in the right home situation. And, and I had a $500 Volkswagen Jetta and you know, the, the challenge is I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs or, or people that want to get into the game and they want to drive the Mercedes or yeah. they want to drive the Lexus. Yeah. And man, the, the, just the sense of accomplishment a person will have if they do the Jetta, yeah. like do the 99 Jetta for yeah. 500 bucks. You gotta be willing to eat shit for a little yeah. while. <laughs> yeah. Get a, get a bottle of mustard yeah. and it makes those sandwiches taste a lot yeah. better. Yeah. And just like go do the thing. And if you have, I believe if you have a vehicle and a laptop, you can make money yeah. um, and it's fine. Like start on nights and weekends, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I, I ramped up to a whole $1,600 a month and then I left my corporate job. Yeah. But I knew that I could always go back to the corporate job. And mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing here is like the fear is not, not justified. Like is your fear rational? Yep. If you are out there and you're already a general manager or you're already a director or you're already in a position where you're knocking down, I would just say anything more than $65,000 a yeah. year, like there is no risk. Like you can go back and do exactly what you're doing mm-hmm. today for the money you're making today. Yeah. So I would encourage people to position their life to where they have their life balance sheet is appropriate. Mm-hmm get comfortable with the idea of getting in the 99 Jetta because if you're going to make it in the game, and I think this is the, this is the differentiator. Are you comfortable being uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. And it starts with getting in the 99 Jetta. And if you're not comfortable doing that, it's probably not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause every day it's really uncomfortable, you know, COVID hits, like, what are your cash flows? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I better get it all in one place and see where I'm at. Because with five or six businesses, I have no idea what my cash position is Mm -hmm. on any given day. So, like, that, there's those things. So, we have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And to your point, you know, one of of the things we talked about, I said, well, what motivates you as an entrepreneur to get up every day and and keep going? I think, Mm -hmm. one, like, courage gets us started. Grit keeps us going. Yeah. And we have to find success in order to inform that grit. And being uncomfortable is key to that. Yeah. You know, if you're going to find success, it's going to be through being uncomfortable. But I just want to give a shout out, like, what gives me the courage? It's I have an obligation to the people that gave me a chance, mm-hmm. to gave me, you know, the people that looked after me so I could get an education, yeah. the teachers that took the extra time with me, my professional coaches, my athletic coaches, Everyone who's ever invested in me in a way, yep. I carry that obligation with me. Yeah. So, you know, that's not something I can discharge mm-hmm. to anyone else. That's something 
that I've been discharged yeah. to. Yeah. So I think sharing that and then exactly the second thing about like what keeps me going is not everyone can stomach it. Yeah. And I take pride in being one of the people who can. Yeah. Yeah. See, and that's, and kind of related that same situation there. So there's, I've had people, whether I'm speaking at an event or um, somebody just talking to me about how I started my company or whatever, and they'll, they'll come into this thing about how, man, I've always wanted to do this, or I've always I've thought about starting this business. And then I'll just really, I used to really encourage, like, I, I want to encourage everybody, but I used to, man, just do it, just do it, you know. But I've now recently I've taken a different kind of approach, like, mm-hmm. I feel bad if I really push somebody or if I'm the guy that talked them into doing it, but they're not really made out to do that. They're not really right. made for it. Like you said, wired for it, right? So, I mean, I guess like the question is like for you, when you see somebody like that, what, what, what's an what's a entrepreneur look like? Like what, what, is, what is it about them that, that really makes them even be able to, to get through the hard times, mm-hmm. to get through that stuff? Because everybody talks about if you get on YouTube – it's real sexy. Like the entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is just like, like you said, the nice car, the glamour, all this stuff. But nobody wants to tell the stories about the really tough times, you know, right. and what it's like to fight through the, the entire process of getting your business off the ground. Yeah. Um, what do they look like? Like mental toughness is a piece of it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where I, I would just jump off. You know, yes, they, yes, they have to have business acumen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you have to be accountable. You have to be able to build trust quickly. But at the end of the day, you, you've got to have that mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, there's too many things to bitch about. Yeah. You'd spend your whole time bitching. Yeah. You know? And so I break it down like this. And, and sometimes I, I say things to be provocative and make people think, but mm-hmm. this is one of those things. If you want to give 60%, go work for a corporation. Yep. If you want to give 100%, start yourself a practice. And if you want to give 140%, go build a business that requires you leading a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when you guys are working with some of these companies and really you're just really trying to get them to see their purpose and, and, and really sharpen some of the leadership skills, I want to ask you a question. What is it to you, what's the definition of leadership? So if somebody says they're a leader – Okay, well, what's that? What is that? What's the definition of, mm-hmm. of being a great leader? Not just a leader because of title or position, but what's what's your definition of leadership? If I took the, you know, I could say an easy answer. My definition yeah. of leadership is my purpose. Yeah. To connect with people in a meaningful way and, and help mm-hmm. courageous leaders identify and achieve their vision of success. Mm-hmm. Like that that could be my definition of yeah. leadership. I've wanted to go a little bit deeper. Like, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. It's moving from here to there. Yeah. It's finding a way to move from here to there. Mm-hmm. And then once there becomes here to use Steve Laswell's words, which if you guys should look him up, if you don't know him, he's awesome. Been my coach for a decade now. Yeah. Um, but once you move from here to there, the T falls off and that's here. Yeah. So how do you keep going? How do you identify that next there? Mm-hmm. And what type of obstacles are going to create those red yeah. lines that you have to break through? Because we're going to have to put pointed effort and resource into initiatives that break us through on the way from here to there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know, leaders and leadership is knowing where there is and having the courage to chart that path 
and assign the resources necessary to break through the obstacles to get there. Yep. Yep. Um, I can go on about yeah. families <laughs> and impacting families uh-huh. and, and longer term outcomes. And, but I mean, that's what it's all about. It, yeah. Um, identities, role, clarity, purpose. Yeah. Those are the, those are the threads we need to be pulling on. Yeah. Um, and always have a bias to action. Yep. Yep. So do you, do you, do you ever find yourself, um, maybe finding it more difficult to be the, the leader that you're trying to help create in other people? Do you ever have times where you look in the mirror and ask yourself, am I, am I doing that? So like, in other words, like what are the things yeah. that what's Chris doing on a regular basis to, to make sure that he's still the leader that he needs to be and, and develop continuing on the path of development. I don't yeah. know if you have routines that you do on a daily basis sure. or just the things that keep you sharp. Man, this is uh, one I'm intentional about how I spend my white space. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to value writing and modeling over everything else. Yeah. Like that's what supercharges our ability as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, from the information we take in, it's going to spark ideas, yep. but to, to really clarify the ideas and bring them to life, we have to write and we have to model. Yeah. So I'm going to say writing and modeling is a one, mm-hmm. um, being intentional about what I consume in my white space yep. is very important yep. because that's, what's ultimately going to spark, which is yep. why. I personally choose not to read a lot of fiction, although it has yep. value, yep. right? It's just, I find it more urgent to engage in the other, yep. you know, 500 books yeah. on my shelf I haven't read. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, and like, it's, it's like Zig Ziglar. He <laughs> said, was he say you, you are who you are and where you are because of what you've put into your mind mm-hmm. and you can change who you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind. Exactly. And right now, it's real easy to get a lot of negativity sure. <laughs> put into your mind. And that's yeah. probably, that's been my struggle. Yeah. You know, trying yeah. to fight through some of that. Absolutely. Noise. And, and for those, those leaders that like at the onset of COVID went on mission command and like yeah. I'm in and I've got to do all the things. And like, that's what we should have been. Like we've never had an opportunity to reset like we had in COVID. Yeah. And to like, look, mm-hmm. I can fix my expense structure I can correct strategies. I can do any pivots I've been thinking about. I can finally go digital. I can Mm -hmm. set a course to do less travel. Like we've had an opportunity to change our entire existence in this deal. Now, did we double down and do the work or did we kick our feet up and say, man, Mm -hmm. it's nice to have this time. Um, Like that's a conscious decision, but but we've just had that opportunity um, for the, for the leaders that have done that though, realize like we're borrowing that energy from somewhere. Yeah. Like yeah. do not cry alone, like yeah. reach out, call Jake, yeah. call me because like we've, this has been the opportunity of mm-hmm. a lifetime. And if you treated it as such right now, you're teetering. Yeah. I've really worried about that lately because anybody that knows me or follows me on social media knows that during this is when I've done a lot more stuff. Like Mm -hmm. we've created the podcast. We've created a a vlog with Skydance Brewing Company. We've worked on new, new beer recipes and new can designs, like all the things that four months ago I was like, I just don't have time for this. I wish I had more time to do this. I wish I had more time to do that. Well, I found myself with all the time. And so I started doing that stuff. So I do worry like, okay, now things are kicking back into gear a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially for us on like beer production side, right? right? 
And so I, I worry about how, you know, I've put it out there now. We have a podcast every week, every Tuesday. You're on the hook. Yeah, so yeah. now it has to happen. And so I do worry, like, oh, man, I'm on that borrowed energy mm-hmm. that, that was really pushing me. And Casey and I have talked recently, like, man, I'm, like, struggling. I'm, you know, yeah. no days off because whatever time I do have off, I'm in here working on this stuff with him. Right. So, yeah, well, I mean, what, what's your advice there? How do you, how do you fight through that borrowed – you had the borrowed energy – it's kind of like when you use caffeine for mm-hmm. energy and at some right. point you crash. Yeah, exactly. You know, so how do you... Like the crash is coming. Like that's what I would say. Like Because those the, changes we're doing, those things yeah. that we've, we're doing are important. Sure. You've got to keep doing they're them. They're strategic and they're important. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's... Yes, you have to take advantage of the time. You're also going to have to pay the piper. Yeah. So I think right now, why don't we be a little bit intentional and give the piper a little back in an intentional mm-hmm. way so it doesn't get taken in an un, un, unintentional way. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and don't cry alone, man. Like this shit is hard. Yeah. You know, like, yep. don't, don't find yourself head down uh-huh. on a Tuesday afternoon uh-huh. and without anybody to reach out to, like, seriously, like yeah. reach out to me, reach out to Jake. It doesn't yep. matter who you are. It doesn't know. It doesn't matter if I know you like this, my God that made me made you. Yep. I love you. Call me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is to understand too, that just cause you found yourself in tears yeah. at two o'clock in the morning and not able to sleep doesn't mean you're not cut out for this. Right. It's just, it's part of it. Sure. We, we've all had it. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a time and I'll be a little vulnerable here. Like there was a time during COVID where, you know, I had one of my best friends that was in the hospital, uh, in ICU with COVID. Mm-hmm. My grandma was in another hospital. She's 87 years old. And, you know, I'm just like, is my grandma going to pass away? And I'm not going to be yeah. able to see her. It, you know, is there even going to be a service? Yep. Is my best friend going to pass away with two, you know, yep. beautiful kids still at home? Um, like, and then all the financial pressure, yep. like it, it was tailor made for a meltdown. Mm-hmm. And then, like who am I failing? Yeah. You know, like how many ways am I failing today? And so just being able to get, to get out of that space and gut it up and say, this is all part of the process Mm -hmm. and I can be better because of this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know if, if I don't know if I'm going to get to see my grandma again or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but right now, like I'm going to say my prayers and worry about that if it happens, because yep. the only thing I can do is take care of my business mm-hmm. and the things that are in front of me today. And kind of speaking to that, um, you asked about daily habits yeah. and you know, that, that purpose that I've shared a couple of times now, you know, there's some commitments that I have that hopefully help me advance that um and things i think about in the morning my morning habit is to think about the day like how do i need to frame the day what's the pacing of the day look like it's always going to be open to um disruption you know if we have something that gets emotional or Mm -hmm. something gets heated and some politics kick kick up at a a client partners like we're always going to be subject to disruption but i want to have a clear picture of my day in the morning. And so I'll think about, okay, how am I going to advance my purpose today? And we have an exercise called today matters. And through that exercise, we say just for today, these are the things I'm going to do. And my commitments reside in that exercise. And if you go into my living room, there's 
right now a yellow flip chart sitting there that has today's commitments on it. And I, I help other people go through this same exercise. But for me, just for today, I'm going to sacrifice courage for comfort yeah, or comfort for courage. So I don't care about being comfortable. I want to show up in big ways for everybody mm-hmm. that I support. Just for today, I want to extend grace to everyone. Um, just for today, I want to connect and communicate in a meaningful way with my family. Yeah. I'm talking about my mom, my brother, my grandmother. Um, just for today, like I want to do something remarkable for somebody yeah. else. Just for today, I want to try something new. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's something that's a habit of leaders, just getting something every day for a new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for today, I want to make sure that my wife and children know that I love them. Yeah. And if I can do all of these things just for today, then someday I'm going to get the benefit of living a lot of days well lived. Yeah. And one of the most powerful exercises we do is working through with teams and the yeah. individuals within those teams to say, like finding their purpose and discovering mm-hmm. that purpose. And then what are the things that they do today mm-hmm. that reflect their values and their beliefs yep. and the things they want to make happen? Um, and it, it's pretty interesting. Like even when you do the exercises separate from one another, if we do purpose discovery separate from the today matters exercise, yep. When we go back and say, okay, of your today matters commitments, mm-hmm. um, how many advance your purpose? Yep. All of them. Yeah. yeah. And that's why purpose cannot be made up. It cannot be created. It is a process of excavation and discovery because um, it's already in our DNA. Mm-hmm. Like, Jake Keys, your purpose is already in you. Yep. You may not have all the explicit words to describe it yet. But I bet if we talked about it and we put the things on the table and we emerged the ideas yeah. that we could get really explicit. Yep. And then if you told me about the things that you wanted to make sure happened today, your values would show up. Yeah. And then if all you did was reflect on your purpose and live those commitments today, you would mm-hmm. have a life well lived. Yeah. Um, and you would be a leader. Yep. And the differentiator is leaders are willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Manzer at Oklahoma State, he said this, like this is the difference between being average and being great. Mm-hmm. Everyone is willing to do average. That's why it's called average. <laughs> yeah. Like if you will yeah. do this much more effort, you will be great. Yeah. And for entrepreneurs, you can't afford to not be great. Yeah. Because the guy that is great will eat your lunch and send you home with an yeah. empty sack. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky, it'll be empty. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so yeah. that's, uh, you know, so we've got it. We've got to go that extra mile and we have to do the 1% work. If you want to be in that, in that pool, you've got to do the hard stuff. You've got to do the emotional lifting. You've got to be clear about your purpose. You need to know what your commitments are so you can be values forward and go about your business yep. wholeheartedly. Yep. And if you, if you get into the business for the money, it's going to be a short ride yeah, yeah. or you might make money. You might, you might hit the jackpot, mm-hmm. but are people going to look at you and say, man, that guy's a leader Yep. or are they going to say, man, that guy's the guy that invented the pull tab on top of yeah. the beer can. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how do you want to be known? And mm-hmm. that's that's another thing. It's really being conscious about conscious about how people leave your presence mm-hmm. 
And when we do that, I call it 1% work, when we do that differentiating work, we are intentional about how people are leaving our presence and the the impression we're making on their yeah, lives. Exactly. Yeah. When you know, we remember some some stupid number out of the day, like less than a minute of every day, mm-hmm. I think is, is how much mm-hmm. I think it's three seconds an hour or mm-hmm. something. They for the next hour, can you be somebody else's three seconds? Yep. Like do you shoot to be the memorable three seconds or mm-hmm. are you going through life letting it happen and just transacting through it? Yeah. Um so that's kind of the difference between what I perceive to be differentiating or 1% behaviors and 99% behaviors, which is why the entrepreneurs that are stuck or never take the step or get out there and fail. It's because they're not willing to do the emotional lifting required Mm -hmm. to, to find success because my purpose has nothing to do with selling anything today. I can advance my purpose with or without sales. Yep. And uh, that feels good, man. Yeah. It's, it's a good spot to be in. Yeah. You know, I, I actually had this. So I had a phone call the other day, uh, two days ago from this guy, Bill, that we used to buy uh, kiosks from mm-hmm. in the casino. And uh Canadian guy. And he he saw a video that I'd posted or whatever, and he, he just wanted to call. And he was in tears over the video, and he wanted to just tell me how proud he was of me because he said that when we first met which was when i first got into the casino business so Mm -hmm. we're talking 12 years ago um so that's when we first met he said that he he thought i was just kind of lost or whatever but it was interesting the words out of his mouth was he could tell that i found my purpose Mm -hmm. and so i find it pretty interesting how people just from the outside you don't even necessarily have to tell somebody well here's my purpose like that you can tell when somebody's really in tune with their purpose, you know, Mm -hmm. and the whole thing about fighting through difficult times, you know, I have a passion for brewing, but I don't think that's what gets me up every morning. That's not what gets me through when it's like been a bad week. How do I get up on the seventh day and go do what I need to do? Right. And so, but I will say when I think about purpose but more like the responsibility of the purpose that I feel responsible now to keep doing it and mm-hmm. to keep providing what I'm providing like that man like that gets me motivated because it hits an emotional right. um string or whatever in my heart or my mind and so like I can remember when my dad was alive and we would uh, sit at a bar and have a beer together, mm-hmm. you know, that was like the best thing ever, you right. know? And I, and you know, with my friends or somebody I work with, like when we're in Vegas yeah. at G2E or yeah. whatever, there's just something about these moments. Right? right. And that's man, like for me with the brewery, that's what I'm trying to create. Sure. Because I feel like I'll look at social media, somebody will post something on Instagram and they'll mm-hmm. tag Skydance in it. And it's them and their mom or right. them and their dad or them and their friend that they haven't seen in forever. And they're sitting at one of our partners that sells our beer. They're sitting at their bar having a beer. Like creating those moments is f- so freaking powerful, dude. Right. And I can be having the worst week, but then I get on social media and I see something like that. And I'm like, okay, you know what I got to do now? I just got to go mm-hmm. create this other great beer and we'll get back on track. You know, yeah. keep going or whatever. So I agree, man. Like that's, that's, to me probably is 
maybe the biggest key of success is being not just identifying your purpose, mm-hmm. but being like every day in tune with it. Exactly. It, it's the thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, I just feel damn lucky to lead an entire enterprise that's focused on that one thing. Yeah. Helping people find their personal purpose, helping teams understand where they fit into the puzzle of achieving an organizational purpose and helping enterprise understand why they exist and Mm -hmm. the the behavioral commitments that they have to have to move from A to B. And, you know, I think every leader has a quest for transformational performance. Like if it's not, even if your trans, if your performance is where you need it to be, are you promoting people into the workplace? Are you developing Mm -hmm. courageous leaders to add to the business ecosystem elsewhere? Like there are a ton of other considerations Mm -hmm. other than just like, do you make money? So if, if your money is there, are you producing what is right for the ecosystem yeah. that you're a part of? Yeah. Um, in like the 1% leaders, they embrace that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not a question in my mind, Jake, like Skydance Brewing is going to be an incredible success. Um, you know, I want to touch on like you're one of the most likable and kind people that I know. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I think a note for, for entrepreneurs out there is like you have to be likable. I, yeah. I don't think we say it explicitly enough. But yeah. like one of the strategic things about being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. especially in B2B sales, less yep. so in B2C, but in B2B, like you've got to be likable. Yep. And, and if you don't know yourself well enough mm-hmm. to connect with other people, uh, stay in the corporate job mm-hmm. because it's going to be very painful out here. Yeah. Um, people buy from people they like. That's for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And people like me, yep. you know, like who are the people like me? Yep. And if I'm in this crowd, people like me, Jake, I know drink res dog yeah and, and specifically anything from skydance brewery yeah. <laughs> like that's what i know to be true yeah but i love what you're saying about your purpose and like the whole making lives better yeah aspect like even if we're brewing beer so one of the things that i do i'm involved in a, in a fireworks company mm-hmm. and people are like well what what's fireworks got to do with anything I'm like yeah. they're fun yeah <laughs> right just like playing a slot machine yeah. like yeah. it's fun for yeah. no other reason like i think about the families out there enjoying the fourth of july oh man you i know? can imagine you handing one of those big giant bags what yeah. the big uh kid or whatever the big giant bags right? full of stuff i can imagine that little kid's face as his dad's taking that back yeah. to the truck you know exactly and then like to the dad i'm like i know you want the biggest shit on the block yeah. <laughs> so come on yeah. man let me let me hook you yeah. up with that yeah um so for us you know even when we do the fireworks thing it's about the best product at the best value yeah. like can you get can you get other fireworks cheaper yes but not the stuff we carry yeah you know they we're going to make sure that your family has a great show you're spending your hard-earned money for with us yeah. and we want to make sure you guys have a damn good time yeah so it like the same kind of methodology applies mm-hmm. across all of our businesses so we, i'm in you know i do the fireworks thing in the summer i've got a good buddy of mine uh who leads that charge he's a teacher so his summers are free and, and uh that's a lot of fun for us we're in the fitness uh space uh with balance yoga bar and you know it's a great brand it's a it's a great vibe the community there is incredible uh kind of this idea of making lives better 
you know, bringing yep. people in, giving them that space for an hour to spend with mm-hmm. themselves and, and energize or rejuvenate in a way that they see best. The, the families on the 4th of July, mm-hmm. these are, these are all things that fulfill, you know, fulfill that purpose. Yep. And, and how do we just create those different communities and add value to people's lives and find ways to monetize those. That's kind of what my entire yep. entrepreneurial spirit is about. And like, I fail when I, you know, try to build an app for a financial reason. Yeah. Like, and I, I deserve that. But I, it, like, I had to learn that over time. Yeah. Like, if I try to deviate from my purpose to try to make a buck, I, I deserve to get hit between the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, that's how we get better. That's, that's how we know what to do yeah. in the future. It's also like inch, like the purpose is kind of like insurance, right? Like it's ensuring that you're not going to be miserable when you, when you are rich, like you hear about these people make all this money and then they're depressed or they're just not happy. And I think it's, they're missing the purpose. Like they don't have a purpose their purpose. Maybe it was just to make money yeah, and that's it. And that is hard to be happy over that. Sure. There's something about impacting other people's lives. You know, when you have, when you can see that you've had a positive impact on somebody else, there's something about that, that, carries on well past you know money or any of that kind of stuff yeah and you never know where that impact is going to take place you know a a very insignificant transactional communication Mm -hmm. between you know maybe on my side could be very meaningful to someone else um an extension of grace a thank you Mm -hmm. you know something like that and you know through all this um the idea that Let's lighten up on the feedback and ramp yeah. up the recognition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because I know when somebody says, do you want some feedback on that? <laughs> I'm like, no, but you're getting ready to give it to yeah. me. So lay it on. Now I could say, well, I'm a really mature leader. And I say, give me all the feedback yeah. I need at all. I do. That's what I say. Yeah. But that's not what my emotions tell me to do. Mm-hmm. My emotions say, run away. You're getting ready to get some really bad news that you don't want to hear. But I've got to stomach it. And I say, yeah, I do need feedback to get better. Go ahead and give it to me. But at the end of the day, like I would encourage all of us ramp up the recognition, scale back the feedback Mm -hmm. because we're all going to be good at what we're good at. The things that we're challenged by, I would encourage people like to overstate it. Like don't mess with it. Yeah. Like if you, you know, the op- the opposite of your strengths or your weaknesses, mm-hmm. if you go spending effort on trying to correct that, it, it's mm-hmm. not very efficient. Yeah. So market is a blind spot. Know it's there. Mm-hmm. Focus on your strengths and move on. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier we were just kind of talking about like COVID a little bit and what mm-hmm. it's been like. So, I mean, for your particular business, sure. what are some of the pivots you've made? What's some of the challenges you faced over the past three months? And then what, what did you use that time for to, to pivot or to do the things that you weren't able to do before? Yeah, man, it was awesome. Um, just immediately dug in. I mean, especially with, you know, five different organizations, you know, we, um, first thing was, all right, I, we finally get to do this rebrand on player performance group. So like, let's get this showing up the right way. So that website will launch this Friday. Um, we had done all of our, like marketing communications for purpose and performance group. Mm -hmm. And you just really hadn't dialed in our pitch decks, RFP responses, um, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So we immediately started a project to 
finish those and really make sure that they align with our marcom and we have those opportunities to you know to kill the bear yeah. you know when we go when we go big game hunting like do we have a chance to win and, yeah. and we want to make sure we're positioned there um so rebranding pitch decks rfp responses um got into some specialty manufacturing um uh, there's a custom ppp or ppe that we're working on that you know everybody's in the ppe game yeah. i'm going to go back to the whole house you know like when we were flipping houses like we were up up channel yeah. same thing with the ppe that we're working with we're, okay. you know maybe it works maybe it doesn't at the end of the day like it's worth taking a shot because mm-hmm. it's a it's a ppe that hopefully will allow people to connect and mm-hmm. still connect and achieve their purpose at the same time yeah. so dug into that uh, don't want to be left behind there but really started thinking about who are the customers coming out of this that mm-hmm. we need to be looking at who are who are the most likely client partners and here's what I think is going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of business leaders and enterprises out there that that are just a little bit disconnected from the market. Like mm-hmm. they had this asset base that was being applied in a way pre-COVID that when they come out post-COVID and try to apply that same asset base in the same manner that they were, there's going to be a disconnect between that yeah. system and the new market. So we're going to have, you know, we're talking about what are those industries that are most likely Mm -hmm. to get disconnected from their asset and the pre COVID business practices and looking specifically at those, um, and thinking things like, man, what if people don't have cash? Like what if their revenue run rates are lower and it's like, man, like I'd love to perform better, but I can't pay you guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now we have a model to take equity positions in companies, um, where maybe we bring capital to the table. You can't, Mm -hmm. you can't pay your bills. Let us, if we see the meat on the bone, We'll capitalize, take equity positions, and then drive the performance. Yep. Um, so just really rethinking everything from uh, our pricing to who are, you know, who are the target uh, client partners for us in the post-COVID space, and then really getting clear about what we decided, man, is like to not be bashful about who we are, who we're yeah. for. Yeah. Like if you're not a progressive, courageous leader. Yep. It's going to be painful for our companies to do business yeah. together. Yeah. If if you've got it figured out, more power to you. Mm. If you want to learn some stuff together and try to accomplish some really cool shit, yep. like let's talk. Yeah. Um, but we just have to accept who we are, and yeah. I think that's part of being a successful entrepreneur. If you try to be too many things to too many people, mm. your core message gets diluted. Yep. Um, and so if, if you're, if you don't want to talk about purpose, you probably need a different outfit. (laughs) You know, we're probably not the right folks. If you think it's squishy, if you think it's soft, okay. You know, keep running that system one technical and get that all the way dialed in. And when you, when you suffer, you have to call us anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of had to wake up to that a little bit too. So we've really tried to be obviously a native American brand, Mm -hmm. But we also tried to do things that were really Oklahoma mm-hmm. uh, branded, and we maybe we just we were trying to not alienate people who aren't Native American. But in the end, I realized, well, this is what we are. We're Native American. Our brand was that we're Oklahoma City's Native American brewery, and we got to go all in on that. And so we've done some rebranding. Res Dog's a replacing a beer called Oklahoma Gold mm-hmm. because Res Dog fits 
you know, the Native American branding. And right. like you said, don't be bashful. I mean, I, that's what we want. We would just we, we want to put it all out there. And that's right. this is who we are. We started the vlog for that purpose, you mm-hmm. know. I think a lot of people are afraid of vlogging. Yeah. Uh, they're afraid of people seeing under the hood a right. little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man, I just welcome it. Like, I think it's like, hopefully I am likable, like right. you said, yeah. you know, and if I am, then that's how we'll capitalize on it is put sure. that out there so people can eat, can really get to know us. Right. I feel like more businesses need to do that. Right. Kind of take, take an approach of like showing people the personal side of who they are. Right. I think it comes across way more authentic. Um, you know, if I trust Jake Keys, I trust Skydance Brewing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and when think about every inauthentic person you know, mm-hmm. and like, do you trust them? <laughs> not, like the not answer. Really. Um, and I think if there's if there's one thing that I, you know, could put on the table today, it, it all starts with trust. I think anyone that's ever been in any sort of, you know, team based development understands that. Mm-hmm. But there's this idea when it comes to instilling trust in others, how we feel about people is what is going to be reflected back yeah. to us. Yeah. So if we are authentic and we care and we love without condition, like if we live wholeheartedly and we are entrepreneurs wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. man, it, like that's yeah. what we get back. Yeah. And, and that's the success. So we can say it in terms of likability or we can say it in terms of like, it's, it's what's in our heart. Yep. that gets reflected back to us by the market. Yeah. And if we, people know when you're authentic mm-hmm. and those are the brands that get trusted. Yep. And when you're out there for show and mm-hmm. you know, from being in the business, yep. you know, the guys that roll into the clubs, yep. 12 deep, <laughs> yeah. you know, yep. hot hand and everybody yep. and, and, you know, captain slick, but like, that's crap. Yeah. You know, like why would I ever do business with that person? Yep. And, I look at leaders that I respect and I'm like, why do you, would you ever do business with that person? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we all know who that person is. Yeah. Um, so leave them to, to do their game, mm-hmm. be authentic to yours. And like, that's what, that's, what's going to get thrown yeah. back. Um, and then like stay engaged with resource, you know, mm-hmm. like I know you're a reader and yep. um, we shared a couple things, but, um, you know, find out it, Find out who you like, yep. you know, and find someone that challenges your beliefs who will split mm-hmm. your head open a little bit. Um, now I can remember as I first went through the process and, you know, in what, 2007, I think my, my dad passed away on Father's Day. My son was born in August and my granddad passed away in December. So it kind of moved mm-hmm. me from being third generation with no kids yep. to being first generation yep. with kids. Yep. And like blew my mind, right? Like that was a lot of disruption. And and it was right then I started going through this process and, um, just who were those people that were speaking to me Mm -hmm. and and what did I need to learn about myself? And, you know, where I started was, you know, with airport reading, you know, Mm -hmm. this is before I even went to grad school. I started with, you know, drive by Daniel pink, you know, just principles of motivation, mastery, autonomy, and purpose. And, things like blink from Malcolm Gladwell, like trust your gut, everything you've already learned up to this point is in there, like trust those feelings. Uh, and then there's this really powerful book called hidden messages in water. Mm. And it's, um, by a Japanese author. And it basically spoke to like, they put water like on a table Mm -hmm. and they spoke to it. 
and then they evaluated yeah. the crystals after they had frozen them. And the wa- the water that you know people were like, I hate you, you're ugly, you're dumb, whatever. Yeah. Like the water that that was mean to and said bad words to, yeah. like it had really deformed crystals and huh. like was really as- like not symmetrical yeah. or asymmetric. And it was just this mess of crystallization. Yeah. But like when you had the water over here that was cared for and nurtured yeah. and spoke to in soft tone, mm-hmm. like it when you froze those, like the crystals are symmetrical and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so if people say, oh, that's hogwash bullshit. It <laughs> might be. It, it might very well be. Yeah. But like it made sense to me yeah. as, you know, as that being our primary composition yeah. that if we're cared for, we take better form. Yeah. And that was really my only key takeaway from the book. It's yeah. an easy read, a light read. And I took it and passed it around yeah. 20 times, you yeah. know, it's like, here, read this, check it yeah. out, you know? Yeah. Um, but this idea that the more you nurture something, mm-hmm. the more form it's going to take. Yep. And the other thing interesting about that book is one of their findings was as deformed as the crystals were for the water that was, you know, not, uh, or spoken to in bad ways or mistreated, the most, uh, misformed crystals were from the water that was neglected, Mm. that was put in a closet and left to its own. Wow. So no attention whatsoever. So you kind of, if you can make those connections to human existence, you know, I think it it started to, to make some sense. And for the folks that want to say it's yoga babble or whatever, that's (laughs) fine too. I just thought it was cool. Um, because these, these three things, this trust my gut understanding, like purpose is key to my motivation Mm -hmm. and being able to go out there and be courageous and inform my grit. And then this nurturing of living things. Mm -hmm. Um, those were the three things that started my process and pulled me out from that just really tough spot and, and got me thinking about things differently that I could not let, like let, stop letting life happen to you. And, and I had maybe some good intent, like do good mm-hmm. and don't suck was about the, yeah, as far yeah. as my purpose went, yeah. but really start putting those stakes in the ground mm-hmm. and formulating my life around those beliefs. And those three books were that process for me. And I think if you went and talked to a lot of, you know, what I call courageous leaders, the folks that have done the work, like they all have their different sets of things. Like there's some set of information that connected with them in a special way that got them to go values forward mm-hmm. and go through that process of unearthing and discovering and yeah. getting their beliefs on the table and you know, essentially putting that stake in the ground and saying, this is what my life's going to be. And I'm going to create it to be that yep. instead of like, man, I hope nothing bad happens today. Yeah. 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 So the things you did a few things, maybe kind of changed a little bit of the way you guys are going to do some things moving forward. Yeah because of the the virus and how that's affected the world and changed things. And I know you guys are probably doing things with some of your clients um, to help them navigate through how, how they're going to be coming out of this, how they're going to change. So am I getting it from you that, I mean, you think this, the whole COVID thing, the effects of it are like long-term, like beyond the next six months or Or do you or do you see businesses maybe getting back to somewhat of a normal like you know beginning of next year? I, the reason yeah. I ask is because I mean I'm a, I'm a I own a brewery yeah so the whole personal face to face the interactions of people in the tap room that kind of sure. stuff we that's what we 
exist for, right? So I think it's like there are times I wonder, like, man, are we going to have to, like, did we just start a brewery at the worst possible time? Or are we going to have to change, uh, like, drastically change our entire business model? What do you foresee coming out of this? Or even how long this effect lasts? Well, I think, it. you know, part of – you know, ex- exemplary leadership is, is not assumptions. Like I don't know anything. Yeah. I value what I don't yeah. know a lot more than what I value what I know. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm going to accept that I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, what I do know is if I, if I can identify what I need to let go of, mm-hmm. then my life will be a lot easier. Yeah. And you know, I, I immediately said like, this is the great reimagining, mm-hmm. right? This is the chance yeah. This is to do all the things I've been, I'm so busy, man. I just want to read for 30 days. I just want to write. I yep. just want to, well, here's your chance, bud. Yeah. Like better get after it. Yeah. And so this idea of it being that time, but releasing all connection I had to what was mm-hmm. and that way, whatever emerges from this time I can deal with because if I, if I, bond and hold in regard what I knew the normal to be, I'm setting myself up for unnecessary suffering. Mm -hmm. I just want to deal with the economy as it emerges and not be tied to my ideas of what an economy should be. And that will allow me to be more agile Mm -hmm. and adjust to the demands of the market. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's made our team a ton more innovative. I mean, Mm -hmm. as educators, you can imagine, we go from educating in a room full of 20 people to educated online. Uh, But I tell you, like the the applied learning and the exercises have gotten so much better. You know, because we don't have that social interaction that Mm -hmm. creates value. Now the value really has to be created, you know, by like, well, here's the question. Like, how good are we really? Yeah. You know, we say we're educators. Like, can you do it on multiple platforms? Yeah. Yeah. But the level of innovation has been so just unreal. The courage of our client partners to like stay Mm -hmm. with their programs and be like, no, we're, we're with you guys. This is the reimagining. We need to do the work now and not like put, you know, let's hit pause for 90 days. It's almost like it's more important now. Yeah. And that those were the only two camps. There was no middle. So being in, in that education development business, there was, this is it. Let's get after it. And there was pause. There there was no middle to to any of that. So, um, it's been, I mean, I, I just would encourage us all to let go of what was yeah, yeah. And, and, and really embrace what's in front of us because you, I think everyone can find a brighter future than how they existed mm-hmm. then. And then I think that's the, don't, I would encourage us not to underestimate the power of positive potential. Yeah. When I wake up tomorrow, I have no idea what good is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what good I can make happen. But the idea is to get up and find out, Yeah, you know? And, yeah. and so when we talk about things that keep us going, um, you know, I don't know if anybody out there was similar to me, but I was going absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Like <laughs> just being confined yeah. and, uh, you know, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm an, I'm an extrovert and yeah, no. I, I draw energy from being around people and being confined. Like I just needed to see people yeah. and I, get outside when I could go mm-hmm. to the park, but it's not the same, right? We're not connecting the same way yeah. and we're social creatures and we need those moments and we need to be part of our communities. 
Um, so it was super tough. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's still out there. Like, I don't know how much longer we have to do things mm-hmm. this way, but I think we're at least doing things, you know, in, in a somewhat smarter way, Yeah. Uh, you know, and being taking the right precautions to, um, you know, not, not trans transmitted and catch it and take it yeah. home to our families and all of that. Um, but it's, uh, it's been a journey yeah. and, and I hope that everyone can find the other side of this, uh, more rewarding than yeah. how we went in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm for one interested to see what businesses come out of this, like new uh, businesses. If you look at all the, <clears throat> the Ubers and different companies that have happened, they were developed in tough times, you know, whether it was tough economic times or events mm-hmm. that happened. I mean, that something, some great company's going to come out of sure. this still. It's pretty, pretty interesting. So, all right, man. So just a couple questions. Okay. What's uh, anything cool in the immediate future for Chris or any of his companies that we need to be on the lookout for? Man, what? What's the, tell, tell everybody the name of the podcast again. So our podcast is called Magic in the Room. Okay. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite platform. Yep. Uh, my my other partners in Purpose and Performance Group, um, Hannah Broderud and Luke Freeman, we do that on a weekly basis. And, okay. you know, similar to, to this format, no video. Yeah. Uh, but we chew it up and we get really, we get dorky on there about yeah. organizational health and leadership. Yeah. And so if anybody wants to check that out, that's awesome. I would encourage you before you do, make sure you spend 30 minutes writing or modeling or doing something productive that yeah. way. Okay. Uh, you know, intentional about our white space, but we love it. It's fun, but it's a hell of a commitment. And I, I really appreciate kind of what you're doing here. Yeah. And yeah. This is uh you guys, you guys got a real production. <laughs> like ours is like us in front of our computers with our microphones. This is like a real production house. Back there. Yeah. Casey. He's I'm a, telling he's you, man, I feel, I feel legit <laughs> today. Um, Not much of a secret now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, what's in the future for us? Um, I'm excited about, kind of this equity modeling and performance-based pricing that we're going towards, you know, to help those client partners that may not be uh, just flush with cash flow right now, mm-hmm. but still need to transform performance. You know, we're going to be able to get deals done. Uh, you know, we can all laugh if we want, but I'll tell you like the power of MLM distribution right now is really incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I know for me, like rather than, going out and building the brand and doing all the social and trying to capitalize a product or service. Mm -hmm. Like how does MLM play out for services? Um, that's something that we're really noodling with and see if we can, you know, leverage that a bit. Um, but anyway, so those are some spaces that we're looking at. Uh, we've got a couple big projects underway. We're, uh, working on the Ellis park project over in Kentucky right now. And that's a redevelopment with the, uh, Laguna tribe out of New Mexico mm. um, got some exciting things kind of in the pipeline with uh, with Navajo Nation and just kind of keep doing the thing yeah. you know cool. it's uh, there's a, there's a lot of need out there and and I would just encourage everyone don't ever worry about being unemployed like yeah. if you can be a person <laughs> of value that adds value to people yeah. like you can always get a job yeah and if you really want to put it on the table and and see you know what it looks like on on this side just just yeah. do it you know yeah. it takes a little work to prepare um but if if you can stomach it yeah you, you can find a way or give me a call you know yeah. i'll be one happy to coach with you you yeah. know spend some time talking about it the trials and the tribulations and 
Um, in fact, we've got, we just launched our coaching platform this week okay, on our website. Cool. So you can go in there and meet all of our coaches, schedule yeah. time with coaches. Um, huh. it's, so that's something we're really getting yeah. into, uh, to spend more one-on-one time with leaders. Uh, we've really been, uh, anchored in team-based development up to this point. Mm-hmm. So getting more into that one-on-one yeah. space. So, yeah. um, those are some things that, that might be coming out of, cool. of our shop. We've got, uh, I don't know, we, we're doing apparel we're doing uh, capital leases on on, mm-hmm. on some places now so uh, it's getting to the point where me as an entrepreneur like i have people that really manage and lead some of these individual communities yeah. that i'm invested in um so obviously the broader this base of business gets the more like i'm popping in to deliver some strategy yeah. and making sure we have the right leaders in place but at the end of the day my primary focus is on the two businesses that i started initially yeah um you know it's about player performance group which does the technical side of gaming and hospitality and like the data analytics and uh, building marketing programs and it's then it's about purpose and performance group which handles the people system yeah. of all industry and really uh again just ignites that power purpose to to drive uh systems and people forward cool last question okay i call it the one thing so imagine you're either on your deathbed or for whatever reason this is the last day we're ever gonna see or hear from chris and somebody who's either a leader or a new entrepreneur uh they want some advice from chris what's the one piece of advice what are you leaving them as you leave this planet, what are you leaving with them? Yeah. Um, be intentional. Act in intentional ways. Frame every day with intent. Because every day we're creating our legacy. The different, the, you know, there's only two types of people in the world. Mm-hmm. The ones that know today is part of their legacy and the ones that don't. Create an intentional legacy, create an intentional existence. Be intentional with everything you do in every role that you have. Father, learner, educator, entrepreneur, whatever your roles are, be intentional with how you allocate resource into those roles. And I'll tell you, I would leave them with this. When we, people that behave on an, People that don't think about how they behave, behave in unthinkable ways. Yeah. So you have to be intentional. Mm -hmm. And that I believe is the start of that differentiating continuum. Wow. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on that, man. I do want to acknowledge you, man. So when we first met and I met you through Michael, uh, I was, that was about the time I was planning the brewery and kind of, really maybe just trying to get my nerves up yeah. and uh seeing you guys taking on uh player performance group getting that up and going starting watching you guys hustle and yeah and uh really going go, getting after it motivated me a lot yeah and you guys are one of the one of the people that really just kind of helped push me and man i can do this i can do this you and can being, do being this. around you guys and stuff yeah. so that was great well, man, you got this. It's been amazing to, to see your growth, and congratulations on everything. And uh, I, I, if you ever want a res dog, just come over to my place, and <laughs> I'll make sure to have a lot of these yep. coldies on hand for all my friends as well. So 
and you're doing great things. I love this platform. I love, uh, you know, your care for especially Native American entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and the difference that we can make. I think the bridges that people like you build, yeah. uh, they matter. Yeah. And like this work right here today, it matters. Mm-hmm. And it's these things that drive our communities forward yep. and in people seeing that it's possible. Yeah. Um, it's not easy, but it's possible. Yep. Yep. And I, and you know, I just, if, if you're in that space, if, if you're a native American and you're thinking, I want to get out there, but I don't know how call me. There you go. Like, just call me yeah. and I'll share what knowledge I do have and tell you how much I don't know. And, yeah. uh, you know, try to help you as best I can to yep. get out there and do it. Well, it helps having guys like you on the show. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you. All right, guys. We appreciate you guys watching and listening wherever you're listening to it. Make sure if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Hit that like button down there. That really helps us get this content out. The stuff that Chris talked about today, more people need to hear that. If you hit the like button, pretty good chance more and more people will get to see it. On uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to catch podcasts, you guys can check us out on there. Make sure you subscribe to our show on there so you don't miss any of these episodes. So, Chris, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys. Yep, we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers.